0: Good evening. This is Tiffany Joyner and tonight's Primetime Power Show segment will be an interview um, with Miss Nadine Barton, author and entrepreneur. How are you doing tonight, Nadine?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Tiffany and Eric. Yes, you're, you're
0: most welcome. So I just want to start out, I see that you're born in Jamaica, but you grew up in Bronx, New York. And I just want to say, I'm from Brooklyn, the other borough in New York. And right. so I'm excited when I saw that you were, um, that you grew up in the Bronx. Can you just tell me a little bit about that experience of growing up in the Bronx? Was it a positive experience? I know it's very different from Jamaica. Can you tell me a little
1: bit about that? Yes, 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 absolutely. The boogie down Bronx, like who could forget about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I moved to the Bronx from Jamaica at the age of 13 going on 14 around uh, 1990. It was hot. It was a different experience. I mean, I know coming from Jamaica, it was hot too. But you know, coming to New York, seeing those big buildings, it was a different experience for me. And you know, I was excited. I was very excited to get that experience. So I have no regrets. And I did my um, high school years in New York. I ran track with James Monroe High School for four years, Yes. you know, right. I was on a couple of different uh, club track teams and I ran in 10 relays and I did a lot of things before I decided to join the Navy back in 1995. Wonderful. And that's kind of a
0: nice segue into the next part of our interview tonight. I was going to go into that. So um, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, I want to thank you again for your service um, and your commitment to our military. Thank you so much for that.
1: Yeah. Thanks for your support.
0: Yes. Um, I see that you recently retired in July 2021 um, Mm -hmm. after 15 years of service. That's that's a lot. No, Um, um, correction. Twenty five (laughs) years. Oh, my. Twenty five. My. Yes. (laughs) Wow. That's, oh, that's more than half your life. That's wonderful. Um, Was there any experience or individual in the military that inspired you to move to building your own businesses? Was there something that happened in the military that sparked you to say, you know what, when I'm done with this, I want to progress into, you know creating my own business
1: well actually it's funny you say that because um it's going towards the last term in my military career where the business occurred and actually the business occurred an accident back in 2019 and a lot of people knew my story you know i had a miscarriage where my boyfriend at the time left me bleeding and i'm gonna say her name uh siandra dilly she inspired me to start writing during my miscarriage i stayed with her in her um in our home in Buneer, Georgia, before she moved. So she said, you know, just start writing, start writing, you know, you don't have to form a, a proper paragraph, just start writing your notes. And whenever you finish, you could form it and we could, you know, decide it if you want to turn it into a book. So in the midst of that, I started crying. And, you know, while I was crying, I said, can a girl catch a break? And that's how my first book came to fruition. Can a girl catch a break? And, you know, a few months from that, the business occurred. So I had no business intention back in the military. I didn't know how to, you know, other than college classes and writing a paper, I had no idea about, you know, that business mindset. I mean, I thought about it, but I never, you know, said, okay, I'm going to start this business. It just all happened by accident.
0: Wow. So the military had no bearing on that. It was pretty much from a life experience, something that unfortunately sort of was traumatizing for you where you um, developed, you know, your writing skills and then you decided you wanted to write a book. And then from there, other things
1: came from that. Is that what you're saying? Right. Absolutely. In that moment, I allowed my pain to position my purpose. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Was there
0: anything, though, in the Navy that um, any skill sets that you developed that equipped you to become a writer or to build, you know, even though it wasn't the influence or the, you know, the motivation behind your businesses? Were there any skill sets that you learned in the Navy that really equipped you to be a stronger writer, a stronger stronger businesswoman?
1: Right. Absolutely. So I was a DLCPO, I was a divisional leading chief petty officer where I ran um, four different divisions here in Atlanta, Georgia, and in Seattle, I ran four different divisions where I had about the same amount of people, about 20 people under me. And, you know, we always have to yearly, you know, monthly, we have to write evaluations on the personnel. So that helped me with my writing skills as well. Okay. So writing, writing, um, evaluations, is that what you're saying for other people? Yes, absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm. It's definitely a different style of writing, obviously. Right. It just helped you with developing your writing. Okay, I got you. Great. Was Was it difficult to finally make that transition from being in the military for so long to being a civilian? Was that difficult, that transition?
1: You know, what? after so many years being in the military and coming back to civilian sector, anybody transitioning after so many years, because, you know, joining the Navy in your teen years, that's going to be so intimidating because things have changed over, over the time being. So, you know, we have different programs, the transition assistant program that we have right now and hiring our heroes. That program really helped me to transition because once I started my transition, they helped me to get into a program with Microsoft where I did a three-month internship with Microsoft, and that helped me with the transition. So Um, the program is hiring our heroes and I will definitely pass on that to any transitioning veterans that's coming out because, you know, as I said before, coming out is very intimidating because you don't, you know, you have not done an interview um, once you, you know, when you were younger, so coming in, you're like, okay, now I'm going to do an interview as this adult going into corporate world. It's a bit different, you know, you have to do your research, you have to do, think about different you know, resume writing skills and stuff like that and thank God for the military for helping us with that transition.
0: Wow. Microsoft, that's a major company. What was it like working for them?
1: It was great. It was a great experience. I was, a you know, with them, I was a corporate recruiter because, you know, before I retired, I was in recruiting with the Navy for 15 years. So that actually helped me coming into corporate world. I know the lingo might, may be different with corporate, but recruiting is recruiting. You know what I mean? Right. So once I finished with that transition, um, now I'm still a corporate recruiter, but with a different company. I'm with Manpower right now and also um, on a contract with FIS. So I'm still doing recruiting. It's in my blood.
0: Right. Wonderful. Now, let me ask you this. Working back with recruiting... So, how is working as a recruiter? How has that sort of transferred into your life as an entrepreneur? Do you recruit people to work with your businesses? Like, do you have you taken any skill sets from being, you know, in recruiting? To developing your businesses or being an entrepreneur.
1: Well, you know the navy had helped me a lot with you know customer service, dealing with people, talking to parents during recruiting. So I utilize the same skill set with my business. So you know, um, learning how to deal with customers. You know, you have just have to maintain. You know, like like they say saying, in the military, you have to maintain your military bearing. Dealing with customers and being an entrepreneurship. You know, you still have to have a mindset like your customers are gonna be first. You know. They are not working for you. You're working for them. And you want your customers to have the greatest experience.
0: Right. Right. Of course. And I'm sure it's not always easy, um, especially working at that level corporate.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what
0: were some of the challenges um, or, you know, in your experience in working with individuals at that level? Are you speaking about the Navy life? Uh, no. Um, as a corporate recruiter, like what are what are some of the challenges of working on a corporate level? Um, what are some of the challenges with that, just recruiting on a corporate level? Um, as everyone, right. received, you're an African American woman. They see you walking into, a, you know, a corporate recruiting sort of, you know, walk. You know, you're the recruiter, and they look at you like, are, were there any? Did you experience anything, any challenging experiences with people when they saw you?
1: No, not necessarily. The only challenges that I could say that I have had with corporate is that the lingo is different with corporate recruiting. You know, um, in the Navy, you know, we have different languages that we use, different ATS system, applicant tracking system. So just transitioning from the Navy to corporate life, that's just the only downfall like I said before you know recruiting is recruiting so that's never going to change but knowing the different languages and now you have to be dealing with you know like third like for me right now I'm dealing with 30, 30 plus different hiring managers trying to you know fulfill a role for them I have to deal with negotiation I've never had to deal with that in the military so in some aspects you did but, you know, you have to, you know, present an offer and, you know, it's on a different realm than when you then active duty Navy. Okay. And was there was there talking of
0: those different languages and the challenges within that? Did you have like a mentor or somebody to help or guide you through that? Or did you have to sort of, were you just kind of thrown to the wolves and you had to kind of learn it all on your own?
1: Right, absolutely. We do have onboarding where we get like about two weeks training and, you know, of course being new to corporate recruiting. um, And I'm so grateful for the team that we have right now with FIS. Anytime I have a question or pose a question, even now, you know, I might not know everything that they are dealing with in their ATS system. You know, I could always ping one of the coworkers and they'll, you know, stop what they're doing to help me so I've never experienced anything negative it's just like learning a new different program like like a rookie you just have to be humble and you know knowing that you know hey I'm the new person even though I've had all these years of experiences (laughs) you know you just have to go in there like you're the rookie and just take things as it is right and was that was that
0: um, how was that? I mean, you were in the military for so long and now you're now you're the, now you're the low guy on the totem pole from being <laughs> somebody who in a position of maybe notoriety in the Navy. Now you're the low man on the totem pole. How
1: did that feel? Well, I went in with the mindset that, you know, going into corporate recruiting, things are going to be different. Right now, I am a senior recruiter, but I know that going in, I still have to, you just have to be vulnerable and you can't be scared to ask people for help. You have to, you know, put all your ego to the side and said hey i'm new here i have to learn this let me be humble and you know ask the proper questions and i know that a lot of people they're scared to reach out to people and ask for help but you know in this day and age you have to you know put all that ego to the side and say you know hey if you want to be successful you have to put all that to the side and say let me go and ask somebody for help right and was that something that the navy sort of instilled in you or was that a trait that you always had or maybe Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The Navy had taught me a lot and coming up in, in the military, you know, uh, if you're working on an airplane, you can't just like leave things hanging, you know, because these are people's life you're talking about, you know, so you have to make sure that whatever you are doing, you have to be vulnerable. You have to have the sense of urgency. And if something is wrong, you can't just hide it and keep it to yourself. You have to make sure that the proper channel know, and you have to go out there and let them know, Hey, I need help with this. I mean, I know a lot of people they're they're thinking, that hey i'm the big man here on post i need to you know yeah. show them that i know what i'm doing but if you don't if you don't ha- if you're not 100 percent right in the mind and think that you know you're showing them the right skill set then you have to go out and say hey supervisor hey co-worker can i get some help on this project that i'm working on because if you don't, they, those are people's life that you're dealing with.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And working with
0: education, I see that so much. I mean, with stu- even with students, you know, they're um, it's hard for them to ask for help. They don't, they feel like, well, if I ask for help, it shows that I'm, uh, you know, I don't know anything and it's hard mm-hmm. for them, to, you know, sort of humble themselves and come and ask, you know, questions because, you know, of what people will perceive them as. So I, I definitely understand, you know, that stance from where people are coming from very much so.
1: Right. Or especially in the black community, you know, people are thinking, oh, people think that I'm weak or I'm a punk. No, you can't have that. You have to get away from that mindset.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's hard because a lot of it's culture based and when it's culture based, unity based, you know, it, it's hard to sort of, you know, shed that and, and try to think beyond that and move beyond that. Yes, I get it. It's very It's, it's a challenging space to be in very much so.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a short break, um, Nadine. Mm-hmm. And when we come back on um, the Primetime Power Show, we're going to talk some more um, with Nadine and talk about the other hats that she wears as an entrepreneur And we'll be right
1: back on the Primetime Power Show right here live on Primetime Power Radio.
0: Okay, good evening. We're back again with um, Nadine Barton. So, Nadine, if you can tell me um, a bit about the Think Pink Project. As I was perusing your website, it jumped out at me. Um, There's a conference coming up in March. Can you tell us a little bit about the project and this conference that's coming up?
1: Well, actually, yes. I'm grateful to be on this platform with the Think Pink Project. Basically, you know, um, Antonio Crawford, he took 10 entrepreneurs, women, um, and their success stories from women who launch businesses and change lives. So um, each of us wrote a different chapter of on what we've we've been working on, what we've been doing. And my chapter. It's chapter one in the Think Pink project. Called, you know, the the name of it is "Don't Let Your Setback Cause You to Sit Back." Mm. So, I mean, he's been doing great with that. If anybody needs information on that project, you know, they could join the Think Pink project on, um, or the group rather on Facebook at Pink Business Network. The, the Pink Business Network on Facebook. We do have a a page and a group. So, anybody need more information on that, they could always join. And we've always we're always looking to empower other women into, you know, their small businesses or whatever they have working on right now.
0: Wow. That's, that's amazing. And you said, and I also mentioned there's a conference coming up in March, 2022, or a few months from now. Can you tell us a little bit about that conference? What it, um, is it again, it I guess it's a collection of these women coming together in one forum to talk about their success as
1: entrepreneurs? Yes, absolutely. And that's still in the work. So I don't have enough detail to speak on that, but Antonia, he's still working on that project wonderful great
0: great so i'm talking about entrepreneurship i want to delve a little bit more into your boutique and your Mm -hmm. body let's look a little bit about the look into the um boutique um have you always been interested in fashion how did you stumble upon this um boutique and the clothing line i was perusing again your website and saw you know, the page with
1: clothing and it was beautiful, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to know how you came upon that. Thank you. And you, I've always, I've always been into fashion, makeup and wearing heels and perfume. There's not a day that I go out without wearing my, my perfume and, you know, my makeup, you know, so growing up, I always wear, you know, my stepmother's um, perfume going to high school and all that stuff. So, you know, just perusing into going out with my cousins and stuff in New York, just, you know, getting into the highest fashion and the business of, occurred actually by accident like i said before in the first segment can a girl catch a break happened with my miscarriage so in the midst of that you know my friend and i cc siandra dilly uh, you know she's the one who inspired me to start all that she also has a website called inspire for purpose so if anybody needs some inspiration you know talk to her but um in the midst of that i wanted to make some t-shirts called can a girl get a break because you know everybody needs a break and it's not just girls men need a break too right so in the <laughs> midst of that we were talking about making t-shirts right we were making talking about making t-shirts and then in the midst of that the store occurred so i'm like i know that the name is kind of long can a girl catch a break sheet boutique but i didn't want to take that away from the book because it all aligned into each other so i just kept that and that's how the store occurred wonderful and then i heard
0: what you were just talking about you know when you were younger you know you put on the perfumes and the things that your your mother and aunts and various women in your life um you know things that they had things that you want to dress yourself up with did the body butters come through that somehow like you wanted to delve into maybe like um, lotions or, like I said, body butters. Like how did that Did it come about at around the same time as the boutique idea or was it totally separate?
1: No, it was totally separate. That happened. The body butters actually happened um, last year. A co-worker of mine, I was still in the Navy getting ready to transition and a co-worker of mine, uh, Big Mo, his name is James, you know. Um, he's the one who said, you know, I have a homeboy, he's doing lotions and you know, he have all these scents and he's doing great with it. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, hmm, interesting. So I I tried to do that, but then I discovered with my researches, I discovered the body butters and I decided that, you know, I wanted to just go with the body butters. I've did a lot of uh different versions of it, tested it, had co-workers tested it and um you know and i perfected it and have been really successful with it since wonderful
0: yeah i was looking at the different scents and everything that were on your site i said wow this is pretty extensive
1: here this is it's great (laughs) great i I love it i love my my (laughs) number one seller right now is the ginger and the badass i mean i'm not sure if i could say that word on the radio too late But I'm sorry, those are the two favorites right now. (laughs) Strawberry mango and have a slew of different scents that people like, you know. And it's very moisturizing. I've had people who said that it also helped with eczema. And I had no idea what ingredients that I used to help with that. But they said that it's been helping with their eczemas.
0: Now, are the body butters primarily for um, women? I mean, the scents, that you said strawberry and
1: mango... Um, oh no it? I know oh no I have sense for men too I have a few sense for men intensity for him and you know some other sense that I do care for men as well I started I said my brother he told me he said what about the men the men need a break too so I listened to my brother you know and I, actually he's up there too he's actually living in Delaware close to Philly so he said oh. what about the men and I said okay bro I'm going to get some sense for the men how about that <laughs> Yeah get them the hook up too they like you said
0: they need a break need a break too I get it Um,
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So let's going back to the Think Pink project. You said you're a co-author. Um, I want to transition a little bit Speaking about being a co-author To your life as a writer
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I saw on your site You have several books to your name Um, Can a Girl Catch a Break? Obviously I saw another one And correct me if I'm wrong on this It was called It Was Not You It Was The Phoenix In You The Rebirth
1: The Rebirth Yes, absolutely That's my third book The second one Is The Love She Never Had So the third book Is basically all the The drama And the You know The trauma I've had in my life Everything Mm -hmm you know, coming into the book. So I said, you know, I've let my pain position my purpose and it's time to get away from all the negativity, just thinking about working on my sense, um, on myself, and to just have a rebirth, you know, and I put that all in my book. And, yeah, and let me ask you about that because
0: we talked earlier about your, um, your writing and how it came from a place of pain and your writing mm-hmm. from experiences. Is that hard as a writer to make yourself vulnerable, to put that out there and know that people that you know may read this and they'll know maybe some things about you that they didn't know before? Does that How does, how does that scare you that, oh my goodness, what are they going to think of me? Do these things run through your mind when you put yourself out there like that?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm glad you asked that question, because that was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. Because, you know, I've had people who reach out to me, people that knew me for a long time, you know, back in Japan, back in 1990, the 90s, you know, and they said, Oh, my God, I never knew that you went through that stuff. I never knew you had so much trauma in your life. And that's the thing with people, you have to get to know somebody, you know, So, um, yes, every time I read my book or, you know, write something about it, you know, it brings back tears, but I'm stronger now and it helped me grow. So once you start writing, and the thing is that I've said, too, and I put it in a post, I think, on my Facebook yesterday on something, I don't remember. And once you stop thinking about, you know, what other people are thinking about you, then you will start writing you know, once you get that part out of your head, you know, stop thinking about what people think about you, you will start writing, you will start telling your story, and you will stop being scared because you that's the time you're going to be vulnerable and that's the time you want to share your story with the world and all my pain and my trauma that i've endured in the military and you know just everything was set back in the back of my mind but once i started writing and pouring out and just remembering the things that occurred with my dad growing up and you know the trauma that i've endured with them in the military people lying on me and people trying to get me fired and all those negative things they just came into play and i just put them in my book and i at that time i didn't care what people had to to say people they could either love me or they could either hate me. I had no care in the world. <laughs> wow, that's and that's great
0: advice to give people, especially for people like myself. I mean I don't I don't write nonfiction.
1: Um mm-hmm.
0: I've only you know dealt in the children's books but um for somebody that's maybe thinking about that knowing that taking the stance of you know this can be healing to somebody else and i'm sure that's something it's healing to other people that may have experienced similar walks. yes I, I love that idea and um just putting yourself out there and you know, um, just not moving beyond what other people think. It's for your
1: healing and obviously maybe for someone else's. Absolutely. You have to let your pain position your purpose. And yeah. that's what I did. You know, everything that I've endured, I put it all in my books, in all three books i put put in my book. And right now I have, I don't have no care in the world what people want to say about me. I don't care. So I had to reach that point in my life where I said, hey, it's already out there. You can't take it back. You know, that's right. That's right. This this has
0: just been wonderful, Nadine. I'm talking with you, getting to know more about you. So, what I want to ask you now is, where can our listeners find out more about you? Where can we find you um, in the in the world wide web? Where can we find you?
1: Absolutely. To make things easier, I have all my links on one website called Link So it's HTTPS poland forward slash forward slash link e forward slash njb1202 at you know just njb1202 so if they go to link tree and put my initials njb1202 they will find all my links to my website to my books to my body butters all on one website because you know it's going to be different just giving everybody Different different links to my Instagram. All that information is on Linktree. Yes, and it was wonderful. So thank because when
0: I went there, I just clicked on the link that Derek sent, and everything was on there, and it was just so user friendly when I got on there.
1: Can you repeat that one more time, Nadine, for yes, us? Yes, absolutely. So it's https: colon forward slash forward slash link l i n k t r dot e e forward slash n j b 1202 and it's link3 slash njb1202 wow
0: thank you so much nadine thank you for sharing that information so we can find you um on the internet and thank you so much again for all the time that you spent um sharing with us your life your entrepreneurship um and just your vision for life it's been very inspiring thank you so much
1: absolutely i'm very grateful for this opportunity and i also want to thank my cousin uh, tian um, aka porcelain ferris my cousin for putting me on uh, to this podcast or to this show I really appreciate it And also my my very dear friend Cianja Dilly, who inspired me to start Writing during my most traumatic Moment in my life and I really Appreciate that Great